0: Access is the Young Adults Ministry of Resurrection Life Church. We hope you enjoy this week's guest speaker. You guys are on Snapchat. Okay, now you're on Snapchat. It wasn't recording the first time, now it's on Snapchat. Alright, follow me, Nick Exposed. That's right. Uh, the exposed part is photography related, not. Nah. Don't expect that kind of Snapchat. No. Somebody wrote testify and <laughs> put that up here. Ronzi, I know it was you. It's fun worship with you guys. Isn't that good? Worship is amazing. And uh, I love Psalm 133. It starts off the psalm by saying how beautiful it is when God's people, when God's children come together in unity. And that's what we're doing when we come together and just worship him, when we come together and just scream out more of Jesus. That's a good thing, right? God says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So why we would ever stop praising is a mystery to me, right? That's a a word in itself. I'll I'll leave that one alone. But uh, I'm excited to be here tonight. I'm excited to share what God's been laying on my heart with you guys. Uh, First of all, I want to recognize a couple people. Uh, First of all, my dad and my aunt and uncle are in the back. There they are right there. Give them a round of applause. That's awesome. And then uh, second, I, I want to just continue praising God for some, some other people that are here. If you volunteer on our volunteer team, I'd like you to just stand up real quick. I, just, I felt just impressed this week to, to recognize you guys, to thank you guys for all that you do for this ministry. <laughs> Stay standing real quick. I, I'm just curious, if, if you've come to Access, and the reason why you kept coming to Access was because you felt like you belonged, you felt like people were loving and, and embracing of you. Go ahead and raise your hand. And I just want all of our volunteers to look around, and this is what you guys are doing. You guys are setting the pace to just really love on people and set an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can move. So thank you guys. just want to recognize you. That also is not what I'm speaking on tonight. I uh, just wanted to get all that stuff out. So uh, what I am speaking on is, is something that I've spoke on a bit in the past from stage here. It's actually like just kind of a, an ongoing message that I'll probably preach on for the rest of my life. Um, it's drawing near to God. And I think, well, it's not even I think, this is, what, this is what makes us different than every other religion out there, is that we could have intimacy with our Creator. That we could walk in friendship, in relationship, With our God. How many of you guys are grateful for that? So before I go on any further, I'm gonna open my notes and I'm gonna get to praying. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Thank you for today. I thank you for each and every person that's in here, God. I thank you for just the, the great works you're doing through through this group, not just through this ministry, but Each and every person sitting in these seats today, God, I thank you that they're walking living vessels for you, God, and that you just long, you yearn to have relationship with us and then move through us in incredible ways. God, we thank you that we get to co-labor with you. I thank you that I get to co-labor with you. And God, most importantly tonight uh, are not the words that I share, but God, the just intimacy that you want with individuals in here, God. I pray that all of our, our music and all the words that we share and everything else aside, that people just come into a relationship with you and encounter with you, God. That people get an embrace by Jesus, get an embrace by Papa. So Father, we love you. We praise you. Pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You guys... I I totally wanted to go like T.D. Jakes on you guys tonight, but you can't do it without his voice, so. (laughs) I heard Ricky laughing in the back. So I'm just going to just jump right in here, uh, and I'm going to share some stuff. Again, some of the stuff that I'm going to share, if you've been here for any uh, couple of years, I've probably shared a couple other times from stage, but... uh, I believe that God can use something that I've said in the past to speak something new into the people that have heard it, and then there's plenty of you guys in here that may not have heard this message in the past, so I'm just going to do it anyway. Uh, I'm going to read now to the book of James. James is the brother of Jesus. That had to have been a tough role to fill. Uh, And he wrote James, wrote his book, to a series of 12 churches Wrote it out to them. These are churches of Christians who are being persecuted. And he's bringing a word of encouragement, but also a word of correction. And there's some of it in here in both of this. So we're going to be in James 4. Starts off. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source of pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have. You commit murder. You you are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. That right there is a message all in itself. But what you're going to notice here is there's, there's two different pursuits that James is talking about. There's the first one that's the pursuit of the world. You guys have heard worldliness or the desires of the flesh. It's really just the selfishness of the world, right? Your own desires. He says, you've been asking God for all these things, but he's not going to give them to you because he knows the desires of your heart. You just want this stuff so that you will go on and serve yourself versus serving God. Does that make sense? This is actually a very timely word for us today. He talks about, uh, you know, murdering, and I'm pretty confident that most of the people in here have not murdered, if not all. But at the same time, like, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So this is a word for us. He's talking about, there's no like halfway in, halfway out Christianity. You can't have one foot in the door and then another foot in the other door and go, okay, I'm, I'm a Christian on, on the weekends, but on the week I have a relationship with the world. Ronzi, you should have said testify there. That would have been good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Continues on, says, You adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's a strong word right there. I remember when I first came into my Christian walk and really came like to know Jesus for who he is. Actually, I I guess I can't say really to know Jesus for who he is, but when I really started pursuing after him again, it was, at at first, it was a lot of this, like, one foot in, one foot out, kind of, you know, battling with different things throughout the week, and then I'd hit the weekend, and I'd get this word of conviction, so by, you know, Sunday night, I'm like, no, I'm gonna do this Christian thing, I'm gonna do it, and then Monday morning came along, and it's like I forgot all of the, the messages that I heard on the weekend, and just fell right back into it, so... If you know any of my testimony, you know that uh, starting in high school, I started having very uh, inappropriate relationships with girls. Uh, My first girlfriend, she moved in with me uh, a couple years into our relationship, and then after that, I moved through different girlfriends. They all moved into me, or with me. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) Well, they all moved in with me, and obviously with that comes a lot of, sex outside of marriage, a lot of immorality, a lot of worldliness, and selfish desires. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me so far? Cool. This is exactly what what John's talking to. See, what I was doing in those times of just doing whatever I pleased, I was telling women that it's okay, we can have sex outside of marriage, I don't value marriage that much. I was also telling God, hey, I know you got your, your, your rules and your, your regulations, and I know you say that you're looking out for me, but I think I'm my own God, and I'm going to make my own decisions because I know what's right and wrong for my life. That's a dangerous place to be. Because if you guys know the same God that I know, he will not be mocked. He continues to go on and say, or do you not think the scripture speaks to no purpose? It says, He is he jealously desires the spirit which he has made dwell in us, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud. I was reading the, the Matthew Henry commentary on this earlier, and, He was saying, uh, of course, because the proud oppose God. The proud have already stuck a stake in the ground and said, no, you can't cross here. I'm my own God. And God's not gonna run and embrace that. It's repulsive to him. This idea of, no, I can do it on my own. No, I don't need you, God. No, I don't, no, no, no. God's not gonna come in and embrace us. But at the same time, for those who have humility, God embraces. So he's saying there is no way to have friendship with both. You can't have friendship with the world. Now, hear me me right here. What I'm not saying is you can't be friends with people that are of the world. Like, that's not what I'm saying. We're called to love everyone. But at the same time, the ways of the world... The whole, I need as much money as I could get because I got to, you know, do all this and I got to buy all this for myself and I got to, all these selfish desires, that's what I'm talking about. You can't be a friend with that and be a friend with the desires of God at the same time. It just doesn't work. And if you guys are anywhere where I was when I was in this place, it wasn't working for me. Even though I was having all the things that I thought I desired, I was still an empty vessel inside. See, we have this innate desire for something. I'll tell you what it is, it's God. We were created with that desire in us. He's the only thing that could fulfill that desire. But at the same time, in the fall of Adam, we somewhere along the line got it mixed up to where now we think, oh, we could take, I mean, Adam's first, if you look back in Genesis, and the fall happens, the first thing Adam did was there was a void, he realized he was naked, and he grabbed a fig leaf and tried to cover and tried to fill a void. When only God was supposed to clothe and cover Adam. Does that make sense? So in this, Adam and everything beyond that was now this thought process of, I need to grab whatever's around and fill this this desire, fill this, this thing, fill this, fill this, fill this, and only God can fill that. But at the same time, us doing that puts us in a proud state. So a lot of this message is us coming to a humility, but drawing near to God. I'm going to talk about that. And it continues on. It says, or do you think that scripture, oh, I already read that part. <laughs> so actually, let me talk about this. Proverbs says that he is a fiercely jealous lover. Speaking of God. There we go. You guys are awesome. So he says that, just in this verse 5, he says, He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell within us. God has been seeking you since the beginning of time. When he created you in your mother's womb, he did so with a heart to come chasing after you. If you guys remember the uh, prodigal son story, the father is running, running, The fathers don't run in that time. He was picking up his garments and chasing down his son who was just returning, and that's what he's doing to each and every one of us. In Psalms it says, God's thoughts on you outnumber the grains of sand that cover the world. We say amen, but let me break this down for you. They say that in one cubic foot of sand on beach, there is over 200 million grains of sand in one cubic foot. I didn't look how many cubic foots are, are in, the, in the world. There's a lot, let me tell you. And that's individually for you, for you, for you, for you. God's thoughts on you outnumber that. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around 200 million versus all the other 200 millions that there are in the world. How exciting is that? That's exciting. God has this passionate pursuit for his, his children. Now it continues on. And says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's what I want to talk about. See, God's been chasing us our entire lives. But at the same time, in our lives, he can't have that place unless we actually turn to him and go, yes. And take a step closer to him. And draw into him. Does that make sense? I remember, you know, I I just said that I had struggled with a, a lot of just like immoral relationships. And I just remember getting to this point to where I mean, it was like week after week after week. That was the Lord. <laughs> or it was my sweater hitting my mic. Week after week after week, I would, I would play this game to where it was, yes, okay, Sunday, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And if I was good that week, I'd make it to like Tuesday. And I'd, I'd sit down with my, my girlfriend at the time and be like, okay, we're going to do this thing God's way. We're going to do it God's way. And then Tuesday night or Wednesday would hit And all of a sudden, my way started looking so much more enticing, and I'd fall, and it'd be easier to fall. And if you guys were here last week, that's what Pastor Tim spoke on. That bent—it's that place to where once it bends this one direction, it just continues and continues, and that's where my life was. And what it took was, remember the the cardboard flipping over, and now it's firm. it can hold that weight. What it took was me turning to God and him changing my life around. And what it took was, it took a a serious time, and I I told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I was at home, and I was listening to Josh Garrels. Any Josh Garrels fans in here? If you don't know him, like, check him out. He's one of my favorite artists, and there's so much just goodness in his songs. And he has this one talking about Pilot Me, and it talks about Lord, everything I'm doing is wrong, so I need you to just pilot me. You take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> and that became the cry of my heart. I remember I was in my room. I was living in my dad's basement, and, and I'm just I'm sitting there, and I literally got down on my knees, probably for the first time. I don't remember doing it other than maybe at church, and that was probably trying to look holy in front of people. I'm just saying. But I literally got down on my knees and I cried out to God and I said, no, you pilot me. What I'm doing is not working. Because I was in ruins. At the moment it seemed like a good idea and then afterwards I was just tormented. Amen. That's right. Even a baby knows. We do have nursery but I'm just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding. Whatever's baby that is, we're glad it's here. But, but no, let me get back to it. So I just remember being at that place where I was so broken, I, I, I had to let go of the wheel. And I had to go, God, you take the wheel. And it was a drawing near moment. The, the best thing that I could relate it to is uh, back in, in Exodus, it, it talks about Moses and the burning bush. And and there's certain things that the presence of God just like it just surrounds. And it, in this case, it was Moses walking down, he's he's doing his work, and all of a sudden there's a burning bush over here, and he sees it, and he had two choices. He could have recognized God on it, turned to it, walked over, and gone, why is this bush not burning up? This makes no sense to me. Or he could have gone, Well, that's crazy. Hopefully I didn't, like, somebody slip something in my drink. That's what it is. But he turns to, and it says, when God's seen that he turned to see what was going on with the bush, that's when God talked to him, and that's what I feel like. It was, it was in this point where like God was all over this song at this moment when I was listening to it, and I'm sure he is actually all the time, because this is a good song, but I, I, I noticed it on it, and I turned to it, and I just let God speak to me through it, and then all of a sudden, I started declaring it over my life, and then God met me, and all of a sudden, all the desires that, you know, oh man, all these relationships that seem like a good idea and all, felt like nothing compared to this new relationship that I had just stepped into. Like I was walking in, you know, I was in church, so I was in this relationship with God, but at the same time, other than him speaking to me in my car, uh, if you remember the, the old testimony that I gave, I still the same testimony, but, uh, <laughs> silly. Uh, <laughs> But other than that, like I, like this was one of the biggest defining moments in my walk with Christ. Was him just showing me. It's that taste and see that the Lord is good. I got to taste and see that he was good. It was a relationship and an intimacy that I could never experience with anybody else. And it changed me. It changed me on the inside. But it also took me turning to him. Realize we're saved by grace through faith, so it's by grace that saved me, but it was also me engaging with the faith of going, yes, God, you can, and you are my Lord and Savior. It was that moment of drawing near to him and going, him, come here. I've been waiting for this moment. because He's been hungry for that. He's been hungry for that for all of us. I think the biggest hindrance of our, our time or our thought process of this intimacy with God or this drawing near with God. And I just want to like, I wanna cut a hurdle out of here right now, just for all of you guys, is this whole idea of man, and I'm I was guilty of this so much in that whole time period. Because I, I would wake up in the morning, and I would sit down with my Bible, and I would try to read through it. And that was, like, that was where I thought I was supposed to draw near to the Lord. And that's where I thought, like, okay, it's my, it's my God time today. It's my God time. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to open up the scriptures, and, and I'm going to go in. And we think that it's always in this, like, secret place in our prayer closet in the morning, in the evening. And, and we think, oh, man, I, I, I didn't, and I hear this all the time, I didn't get any time with God this week because, well, I mean, I got kids, and, and the kids were just crazy in the morning. They woke up early, and, and I just I had to get the bottle ready and all these, <coughs> all these different things. And th- those times are good. That's very good. Scripture tells us to go to our secret place. Scripture tells us to guard that time with God. But at the same time, if you're not communing with God every other time of the day, what kind of friend is that? That's just a, hey, God, I need you right now, or, hey, God, you fit into my schedule right now. I just want to encourage you guys that drawing near to God looks like you sitting in your seat right now going, God, what do you want to say to me through this? What do you want to say to me in general? It looks like you getting up after here and, and going out into the world and going, God, what do you want to say to that person over there? God, what kind of word of encouragement do you want me to give to that person? Because they're being a cranky pants today. And chances are, it's actually not them, but it's something that they're hurting about. Because the cool thing is, when we get into God's presence, he starts to put him into us. And all of a sudden, our heart starts to break for the things that his heart breaks for. It's why all the other relationship like struggles that I was going through, why did I do that? that there are actual struggles. It, all these relationship struggles didn't seem good anymore because now I had his heart In me, breaking for those things. And I realize, I'm telling them that sex is okay out of marriage. I'm telling them that I don't value them. That they're not going to make a good wife someday. Or whatever, all the different lies that that kind of lifestyle brings into people's lives. So when we actually take time to, to be in his presence and to draw near to him... It's incredible to watch him draw near to us and just see things happen in our lives, or see th- not even just in our lives, but see things happen in our heart. I was praying about it today, and I, I'm pretty sure I haven't shared this from stage because I, I think I've probably only shared this story with a, a couple people. Um, just because before I had, before I had the final part that God revealed to me, uh. I didn't want to share it because I didn't want to come off as prideful or anything like that, of like, oh, look at this amazing story with God that I had. That's not what it is at all. This is amazing that God did this through. Um, so back, this is after this prayer. I, I, so, I mean, I was on my knees, right, and and I, I would just stepped into this place of like, God, I just want to know this kind of relationship with you more. Like, I want to walk in this kind of relationship with you. My mind always goes back to Genesis and before the fall where Adam and Eve walked in the cool of day with God. I want to be in that place. Like, just let me commune with you constantly throughout the day. And it's an ongoing process. And there's plenty of times throughout the day that I forget to pray and forget to turn to him for his guidance on things. But in this particular instance, I was still living at my dad's. And uh, I, it was like middle of the night or, or something like that. And I needed something from Meyer, So... I get in the car and I'm driving over to Meyer and it was a short drive, but in the car I was like, man God, like I just wanna I wanna be with you right now. And he gave me a word to give to Joe Brunson, who goes here. And uh, so he was out in Texas at the time. I pull up in the parking lot of Meyer and I get my phone out and I text this word to Joe. And I had to park on, you know how like Meyer you get to a certain time of night and they have to close one of the entrances down. It drives me nuts because then i got to walk all the way over. <laughs> kidding me? Making me walk? Not anymore. I like walking because i got Fitbit. But if I don't have my Fitbit on, it's not even worth walking. It's not. not unless I'm beating these guys in the office, which doesn't happen. So <laughs> they're laughing because they kill it on the steps. All right. So I, I go in, and I, I have to go in on the produce side because that's always the side that they keep open because I guess people need lettuce in the middle of the night. And... <laughs> Not me. Lettuce. So I go in on this side, and I'm walking across the front of the, the store. And uh, there's been this, like, little game that, that God and I have, like, played. I, I call it a game. I don't know. Uh, but to where, like, I'll be walking. And all of a sudden, I'll, like, catch, like, out of the corner of my eye, like, a little, like, thing of paper or something on the ground. And I'll, like, keep walking. and God will be, like, will you turn around and pick that up for me? Like, uh, Yeah, I'll turn around and pick it up for you. So and I've done that, like, ever since I was a kid. Like, it's just been something fun. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It Sounds silly. I know. Stop it. It's not like OCD or anything like that. So this time I go and I pick this piece up. And actually, there's a piece of paper right here. (laughs) Boom. Thank you, Jesus. See? There's a little moment between him and I. Um, So I pick this piece up. And then all of a sudden, like, God keeps pointing out all these other pieces of paper. So now I'm, like, I'm literally walking through the front of my ear, like, I'll clean this place up if nobody else will. No, I'm like, <laughs> but no, God keeps, like, pointing out, will you pick that one up? Will you pick that one up? Will you pick that one up? And I was like, yes, Lord. So I finally, I have, like, this handful of paper. I'm probably exaggerating. It was probably, like, four pieces, but it felt like <laughs> half an hour I was cleaning the front of the store, right? And I'm walking over, and I, I get to the... uh to the trash can and I like go to throw it away. And as I'm walking away, I see on the top of the, like in, inside the trash can on the top is a lottery ticket. I'm walking away and I was like, oh man, how cool would it be if God like rewarded me? And that thing was like a winner, right? And God goes, hey, turn around, go get that lottery ticket. I was like, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go back over and I pull this thing out and, and I'm like scratching off the rest of it. And it's a $40 winner. And I was like, praise Jesus. Oh, man, I was faithful with little, so now I'll be faithful with much. <laughs> so I, I, like, pocket it, right? And I'm, like, I'm walking, and I'm just having this conversation with God. Like, God, you are so amazing. You're so cool. Thank you for the $40. And, and I get, like, to the back of the store. And you know how, like, Meyer gets to the back, and then they have, like, the aisle that runs this way. And there's, like, automotive over here and, like, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, like, one of the Meyer workers goes walking down here, and I've seen him, and God goes, hey, give that, give that to the Meyer worker. I was like, but this is my reward. You just gave this to me. So I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, really wrestling with this thing? Like, no, that couldn't have been God's voice. Like, he just gave this to me. He wouldn't take it away. That, that doesn't sound like God. And he goes, no, no, I want you to go give it to that guy. At this point, the dude's like in the front of the store by now. So now I have to like run him down. Like, I'm like chasing him down and he sees me. and Like I'm running at him like. (laughs) Dude kind of looks like a little frightened. And I get up to him and I was like, I was like, hey man, God told me that I'm supposed to give this to you, it's a $40 winner. I didn't tell him I found it in the trash, don't worry. (laughs) Like I picked through the trash for this man. And the guy just like sat there, like, and all of a sudden he kind of like kind of like looked at it and looked at me, and I was like, "All right, all right, all right, dude, be blessed. <laughs> like, you're not gonna say anything. Thank you, you would have been good." And I'm, like, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> so like, I'm walking away, and I hear like his his coworkers like, "What's that?" He's like, "Dude said it was like a forty dollar lottery ticket." She's like, "Oh, do you know him?" He's like, "No." I'm just walking away, and like the sting of, hey, that was my reward, like, went completely away, and I was, I was just walking around. I forget what I was getting at Meyer that night, but I, I went and got it, and it was, like, it was just a joyous night. You, like, you tracking with me? It was, it was a night of friendship between, between God and I, and later on when I was praying, I was like, man, God, like, you had me give my, award, my reward away for, like, the obedience. What I heard in my time of prayer was, you mistook the thing I gave you as the reward when really our reward is always time in his presence. I'm going to say it again. You mistook the material things I gave you as the reward. But our reward is always time in his presence. That's what Jesus came back here for. It wasn't just to, to give us the reward of, you don't got no sin anymore, you're going to heaven. No, he did that. But the reward was always, now you can have a relationship with the Father. Now you can actually step into friendship with God. That'll be our reward for the rest of eternity. There's nothing else greater Can I get an amen? amen. amen. I'm going to try it again. There's nothing else greater. Testify. There's still like four people, and i got to testify. <laughs> I, like, this is the only message I ever want to preach. Relationship with Jesus Christ, relationship with God our Father. Papa, I call him. call it my papa time. A lot of times, like starts off prayer in the shower. I'm being serious, Papa time. I sit in the shower for like, like 15 more minutes than I need to, just because I sit there and just talk to him. And it's nice to have the hot water like beating <laughs> against your back, right? Especially lately, it's cold at night. <laughs> time and history is spent in the presence of the Lord is better and more refreshing than any amount or accomplishment that we could ever obtain. That history of the Lord. If you want to grow in your Christian walk, just get in his presence. Spend time one-on-one with Papa. Papa. I'm gonna finish off with uh with one of my favorite scriptures and it's not gonna pop up there. I'll just I'll tell it to you guys. But oftentimes in my my prayer life and in just my studying, I, I come back to this scripture. It's become like a, a life verse for me because like I just I picture this is my pursuit of of just chasing after him. Yeah, and the band can start coming up. We're gonna do some worship after this, but Second Corinthians 3:18 says we all with unveiled face means just in like complete vulnerability transparency we used to have a veil on our face but when Jesus came it says the veil was ripped from top to bottom we're now able to step into that relationship so we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord Hebrews 1:3 says that Jesus Christ is the glory of the Lord he's the representation in the complete Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image and likeness from glory to glory. It means when we sit one-on-one with him and we're looking at him and we're just gazing at him and it just looks like just sitting there and and just praying and allowing your mind to just, just run through the rabbit holes and the rabbit trails of who God is. Try this one on for size sometime. Try and sit down and exaggerate how good God is. Try and sit down and just exaggerate his love and how much he loves you. Try and exaggerate it. Get to the point where your mind can't fathom it anymore and then find joy in the fact that it's that and so much greater. Our minds can't wrap around it. So we sit there and we behold him as an a mirror. What he's actually doing, why it says a mirror is because now he's reflecting back on us and it says, We are transformed into his image and likeness. Who wants a little bit more Jesus in them? That's right. It says, From glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. God's glory is never ending. So when we're being reflected and we're chasing after him in his image and likeness, that reflection on us is never ending. We get to step further and further and further into who Jesus Christ is. But it comes from sitting in his presence. It comes from being vessels for him. It comes from going out there, not on the stage, but out out in the world, and just spending time with him, drawing near to him and allowing him to embrace us, allowing him to work through us. Opening our hands and going, everything is yours, have with it what you will. And let them give your $40 lottery ticket away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wouldn't grieve over that. I'm excited. Some guy got blessed. So we're going to go back into, uh, I think, like a song and half of worship. Um, and I want to encourage you guys, even though the lyrics will pop up on on the screen and yeah, we're in the habit of standing up and, and you know just jumping right into worship because we well we love that. But I also want you to know that that a state of worship is sitting and being still and knowing that He is God. So I'm not telling you to not stand up and engage, but I'm also telling you like I really want to suggest that that you guys quiet yourselves, step into that time with Papa. Just go. What do you want to talk to me about right now? Or maybe you already. You, you might already know what he wants to talk to you. He might already have been talking to you this whole time, and if you weren't listening to me for that, it's okay. Just take this time to, to get in his presence and, and allow him to reflect on you. Just get to grow in that intimacy, that vulnerability with him. You guys cool? We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to join us live, we meet every Thursday night at 7 p.m. in the ground floor at ResLife in Grandville, Michigan. Or you can watch us online at reslife.org slash live. You can also keep in touch with the Access Ministry on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AccessRLC.